0: Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Sunday, February 5th, 2023, and this is day 1782 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and glorify you and praise you above all others. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, you said you will make the first last and the last first. And I thank you, Lord, for comforting us as we go through some rough times. Some may be and some may not. But I thank you, Lord, for uh, encouraging those that are, are going through a rough time right now. And letting them know that you'll never leave us or forsake us. You are always there. And I do thank you for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick. And blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today. That it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Today's message is, it's time to pivot it's time to pivot and when I think about that word pivot, I think about a basketball player on that one foot turning and pivoting and you know um, to the position they need to be in to make the shot or to protect the ball from their um, uh, uh, from the other team and so I am uh, really uh, in great awe at how God does things and how he you know will have us to pivot and and the way he'll have us do it may not feel comfortable, it may not even look like, oh, I need to make a move, but you're you're encountering so much um unnecessary conflict and um uh, aggression from others or maybe from someone or maybe a situation. And and it may be God telling you it's time to make a move. We're gonna be coming out of First Kings chapter 16 uh, verse 29 through 33, and then we're going to go to 1 Kings 17, 1 through 10. I want to just give you an overview about what's going on here uh, with King Ahab and his uh, evil wife Jezebel. King Ahab was quite evil himself. So it says, In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria, Uh Over Israel, 22 years. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Ithbel, king of the Sidonians and began to serve Baal and worship him because Jezebel worshiped the God of Baal. And and in order to please her, Ahab built a temple. Uh, and, and I'm not reading the scripture. I'm reading out of my um, commentary a little bit about her. Uh, Jezebel worshiped the God of Baal. And in order to please her, Ahab built a temple and an altar for Baal, thus promoting idolatry and leading the entire nation into sin. Uh, so that that's evil, and uh, God will hold not only the people committing the sin, but the one that started the whole thing going to hold them even more accountable. Verse 32 says, He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Asherah pole and did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. All right, so now let's go down to chapter 17, starting at verse 1 through 10. Now Elisha, or Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So Elijah was a prophet of God, a great prophet of God. And uh, many of the kings couldn't stand to have see him coming. <laughs> like, what do you want, you troublemaker? Uh, they would say uh, to him. And also when Elijah went off, when God took him up in a whirlwind to heaven, Elisha continued where Elijah left off and uh, he too was greeted with the same uh, impact of um, not being wanted because they spoke the truth of God. And then verse two says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. It is so awesome, you know, how God is using what in the Bible is considered an unclean bird to take care of Elijah, the raven, and to bring him food. He's ordered it to bring food. So Elijah didn't have to say, train the bird. He didn't have to say anything to the birds. They were ordered by God. (laughs) to bring him food, you know, uh, delivery, food delivery service, right? So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Carith Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So even though uh, Elijah said it's not going to rain for several years, and it was actually three and a half years of no rain. You know that that would be devastating. I mean, that means there's a drought. That means there's death. That means, you know, people can't eat. Um, People can't grow food to eat. They cannot um, have water to survive if there's no water for three and a half years. But yet, God provided for Elijah. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow (laughs) there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. Now, back in those days, if you heard the word widow with anything that's going to help you, You know, that would make me also wonder, God, are you sure? How can a widow help me when widows typically are struggling themselves? And in poverty back in those days, you know, they counted on their, um, you know, the husband to take care of them. But if they died and, you know, if they didn't have a grown older son to take care of them, they were doomed to poverty. And so for God to say, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to take care of you. It would make you perhaps hesitate to move. (laughs) Because we begin to think things out ourselves. We begin to reason through it. And it just doesn't make sense. But God's way will never make sense to our finite minds. God has a way. Just Sending food day and night with by a bird—that's not what we would typically do. So let's look at our points. Point number one: Have you ever been comfortable somewhere, like a job or in a neighbor, a certain neighborhood that you, you know, you enjoyed your your neighbors and got to know everybody, or in a church where you know you are comfortable and things are going well, and you know maybe you're uh, in leadership and and you love it there. Or it could be a good school. You know, your kids are there and grades are going well and the school is prosperous. Then everything changes for the worse. It seems like all hell is broken out against you. You're shocked because you've been obedient to the Lord, fulfilling your purpose. You've been, you know, you, uh, and you've been doing his will. It could be because God's trying to get your attention. He will allow things to be shaken up to let us know it's time to shift or pivot. And pivot means to adapt or improve by adjusting or modifying something, such as a product or service or strategy. What is God showing you to make a change in? It's time to pivot even when it's uncomfortable to the flesh. It is time to make a move or we will be left behind or we will suffer because of the bad choice that we've made because we've chosen to go by things based on our feelings rather than based up on our spirit that is commun that's who God communicates with He's communicating with our spiritual man saying it's time to move it's time to stop eating that type of food or you're going to be sorry. It's time to put the soda down. <laughs> it's time to stop drinking alcohol. It's time to stop being sexually immoral. Thinking about that, that covers a whole wide spectrum. Sin, sex sin brings uh, sin upon our bodies. That's what Paul teaches us in Corinthians. And I can't remember the exact verse, but yeah, if you're interested, I'll find it. Uh, But yeah, it brings, it brings harm to our own body. So sometimes we're sick and we don't know why. And God is saying it's because of the choice you made to be immoral sexually. And you're bringing this on yourself. And if you stop and let it go, then you're healed. Or if you stop putting the wrong food in your bodies, God is saying, I told you, your body's not equipped for that. You got to let it go. And I'll tell you many things God has shown me I had to let go. And, and especially with uh, food and sugar, you know, I still eat some sweets. I like sweets. I like cookies, <laughs> especially oatmeal raisin cookies, but I can't just sit around and eat them like I used to. You know, it might be a couple, you know, here or there, or else I am struggling. So we have to pivot even when it's uncomfortable. Point number two, oftentimes we've gotten used to trying to make something work when it's time to let it go. I know I'm that way. I will keep on trying because it's just part of my my nature. You can say no to me over and over again, but I'm thinking, you don't really mean no. <laughs> you know, and it's okay to think that for up to a certain point and, and understanding when God is saying to make a change, you know, because I had been in sales for so many years and trained in that way. And it was just part of who I am and uh, understanding that, okay, maybe I didn't answer all your questions. Maybe there's another need that I, I missed. And God is saying, when I say move, that's exactly what I mean. God is saying, I've moved my blessing over here. Why are you still over there? Oh, glory to God. He's saying that stop doing what he's no longer blessing and do what he is blessing. And he's waiting on us on the other side. We must be ready to move when God says move. I remember when when uh, we used to have Bible study on Wednesday nights inside the church years ago, a few years ago. And it might have been, you know, maybe like uh, five years ago. And uh, Bible study in the sanctuary. And, and then it started to just dry up. People just weren't coming like they were used to. And it's like, okay, Laura, what, what's going on? And I remember God telling me this as clear as day. He said, move Bible study outside. Outside? This was in the summer. Outside, I'm thinking, Lord, <laughs> how do we do that? You know, we had our parking lot and, you know, what What if people aren't coming? And, and so when we start to reason things out and question it and we can talk ourselves out of it, I just said, okay, we'll do and shared it with my mom, who's the pastor at that time. And said, hey, this is what the Lord showed me. And she said, okay, let's do it. And I uh, a, had a speaker, like a portable speaker for outside with a microphone on it. And the Lord also said, when you move it outside, now we used to serve food on the inside anyway. He said, when you move it outside, I want you to still serve food. And, and make it like things that people can grab and go, like hot dogs and chips in a bag and a bottle of water. You know, that's pretty much what we did every Wednesday night. And he said, (laughs) the clothing you got in there that people have been donating, set those outside, put them outside on clothes racks and on tables, and then let people come by and pick up what they want. It was all free. Said, okay, Lord, we started doing that. And uh, the people would pull up in their cars. And it was just a whole different way it was unlike any other way. They didn't stay long. They might come and grab something and say, "Pray for me." Or I remember a lady coming by and giving us some money, uh, her offering or tie, saying, "Hey, uh, you all bless me." Blah uh, blah blah. And here, here's my tie. You know, we'd run into so many people that we had never seen before that would come by. You know, um, and some would sit in the chairs in the gravel parking lot while I taught Wednesday night Bible study. Um, You know, we started uh, there would be people that would come that that needed help, uh, needed housing, needed whatever it was, needed shelter. Uh, they needed, you know, a place where they can get food. Some people needed uh, to go to a place where they could get some rehab or drug treatment, things like that. And we were able to refer them. And we started thinking, okay, we need to partner with some other organizations to make sure these folks are taken care of. And and then there would be times, you know, like I said, it would be a handful of people that was sitting out there, and I'm like, Lord, where's the people? But people would come and go. And I'll never forget. And I share this with you all. I know before, but um. There was a lady that came by and she picked up some clothes and she said, uh, she said, I've been hearing your message. And I thought, well, you've not been over here. (laughs) She said, I live right over there and I have my window up and I can hear you teaching because I'm on this microphone. And she goes, that's been a blessing. And thank you. And I thought, look at God, praise God. You just don't know what God is doing, who he's touching through your obedience. We must be willing and ready to pivot when he says to pivot. I'll never forget. <laughs> Just last year, God said, it's time to move. And, it, and the way to move T-Zone from the church uh, where we were on 21st and Prospect. And the way it happened, it was really abrupt and it, and it seemed rough you know, and all of of a sudden things were shifting and changing. And, you know, it was um, my sister starting a daycare in the church. And then all of a sudden there was no space for T-Zone. And and so it was time to move on. And it was like, oh, well, where do we go now? And God opened doors for us. And we were in the library on the plaza for a little while. And then that dried up. And and then I remember meeting someone and, and they said, have you tried the multipurpose center? It's free and they help, you know, they offer it to nonprofits like you. And so I called the city and they said, yes, we have available space and time. And, and that's where we were all last year. And that's where we are even now. We have to book it out, you know, for so many months at a time uh, because it's open to the public, not just to me, <laughs> not just to T-Zone. But God has blessed us. You know, and I just have to be extremely in tune to him and what he's saying. Even if it seems unreasonable, like I said, a widow woman to take care of this man. <laughs> you just don't know how God's going to do it. And we just need to be ready to obey him no matter what, no matter, no matter how crazy it sounds to us. Don't worry about all of that. Do it the way he's saying and do it at the time he says it. Because we could be missing out on our blessings. And I know God is speaking to you right now. Hear him and obey and do whatever it is he's saying. It's already been put on your heart. And, you know, I know God's been been talking to you. And you've been wondering, what do I need to do, God? You want me to leave this to go to that or to do that instead of this? And God is saying, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So yield. Yield. You won't be sorry. You will be so blessed. And so will many others because of your obedience. Uh, now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the very first pivot you should make that will be the best, best move you could ever make in your life. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. Because we're not going to be here forever. Look at what's happening in the world right now with China. All these things have been spoken of in the Bible. It is, these are the last days. We we are just traveling through, y'all. We're, our goal is to be with Jesus for eternity and with God the Father. So that time could happen any second. Because all of the um, prophecies that were made uh, before the rapture is to take place has have already been fulfilled. So it's just all a matter of when God says, it's time. So accepting him is the best move you can ever make in your life. And God never, ever forces himself upon us. Accepting him as your savior and your Lord. Otherwise, the other option is hell for eternity. And God never wanted us to go there, but it is our choice. Men And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, uh, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, and peer mediation skills, along with human and sex trafficking awareness please go to our website and hit the donate button and donate whatever God puts on your heart. We are extremely grateful to you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.